You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I'm here today with my three favorite guys in the whole world. We have Kevin DiVirgilio, the leader of the Oak Park office and the most disciplined human being I've ever met in my life. Wow. Hey, buddy. What's up? Not much. How are you, Jamie? I'm good. How's your day? It's going well. Yeah? Yeah. What's the What's the best part of your day so far? The best part of my day so far? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. It's been a great day. Um, maybe the 20 minutes I spend on the driving range. Ooh. Do you improve? Not sure. Okay. So what did you, you work on? I worked on a little draw shot. A little right. punch draw. Okay. Yeah. What, what club? Five iron. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What was that noise that just, you made? Keeps me out of trouble. That means I can't do anything of that, so I'm really oh. confused. Gotcha. Um, so I'm super excited that Kevin's here, and it's really weird that he's here because um, I have three of my favorite men that absolutely drive me fucking nuts um, all day, every day. And Devo de- generally doesn't hit that criteria, except for yesterday. He called me six times in a row. This is not a fact. Um, I have the screenshot. He called so me six times in a row within two minutes. And then I called him and I said, bro, what are you doing? Why do you keep calling me? And he tried to deny it. So I had to send him over six missed calls. If there's anything that drives Jamie nuts is it's a double tap, triple tap, quadruple tap. Well, she I must love me because I never call her. <laughs> <laughs> I think six took the cake, though. That's more than Chandler's ever I done. I did not call you. I called you <laughs> twice. It was a double tap. I'll give it that. <laughs> But the six is is just a, a malfunction of the device. Oh god! <laughs> what was the urgency? Why'd you have to get get a hold of her yeah. so badly? If it let's just it was pre- not urgent. Let's pretend it was a double tap. <laughs> why why was there a double tap? Not no double urgency. tap for no reason. Just wanted to see how he did. Just want to say hi. Wow, that's it. Cares. Cares. Just care about you. Oh, wow, really cares nice. about you. Great answer. No, it's a good answer. What's up, Devo? Not much, Dave. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. So let's get started. So tell Devo, tell uh, tell us in the audience. Um, about your life's journey. So what did you do before you got into real estate? And what attracted you to real team? All right. Where are we starting? How old am I? How old are you? Three. Right now I'm <laughs> age of three. Age of three. Age Starting of three. Just bef- what did you do before you got into real estate? Before I got into real estate, I uh, played professional hockey. And I did that for seven years. Um, out of college, I went to St. Lawrence University in upstate New York. And I was fortunate enough to sign a contract with the Dallas Stars, an entry-level contract, which landed me in the American Hockey League in Austin, Texas. Did you have an agent at that time? I did. You did? I did. How'd you choose your agent? Uh, they kind of choose you. So you get, kinda re- you get recruited by them. And uh, I was with two different agents throughout my career, uh, two different companies, I guess. Um, Octagon was the first one with Brian Deasley. Um, they kind of represented me through, and then I decided not to go to the OHL, so they gassed me. And uh, <laughs> once I got into school, I had a, a couple different agents kind of recruiting me, and uh, a guy named Ron Chipperfield out of Winnipeg was the guy. That sounds like such an agent. Right? <laughs> Ron, Chipperfield. Ron Chipperfield. Can they make contact with you while you're playing NCAA sports? Yes, they can. They can? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Is that the same for all athletics? or? Yeah. Yep. Okay. You can have that. Well, they're not your agent at the time. Right. They're your advisor. They can send you emails and mm-hmm. call you and yep. talk to you, chat you up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They cool. come. Usually come visit and take so you So did you have lunch. more than one to choose from? Yeah. I had a few different ones. 
you know, the Octagon actually came back and tried to get me back under their wing, huh. uh, the, the agency that gassed me. But uh, I had some choices, and I had some, uh, you know, not really a hard choice to make. It was, you know, Ron was someone that was working with a couple players on my team at the time at school, and he landed them some pretty good deals. So I was like, well, seems like a good guy. He's, he's working working the whole team right now. Let's let's stay stay involved with him. So that's why you chose him. Yeah. is because everybody around you was doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, my class. I, out of our class, we had nine in our class on our team, and, and four of us ended up signing professional contracts. And he he represented all four of us. What was uh, what was St. Lawrence like as far as competitiveness? Like, how how'd you guys do? We were my four years that we were there. We were very competitive. So two of the four years we made the NCAA tournament. Um, small school. It's thirty six hundred students. So it's there's not a whole lot of, of people there. And then the big attraction on campus was the Division One hockey because it was the only Division One sport. So you guys were like the kings of the school, weren't you? We were. We were the kings of you know basically a high school. <laughs> so it was <laughs> the size of a high school. What was your best st- statistical season of all time? Pro college, you name it. Pro, I uh, my it was pro. Actually, it was actually midget hockey. Whoa! It was when I was 16 years old. I played for Little Caesars, and it was my last year midget, and I had 168 points. Wow. <laughs> Which beat Mike Madonna's record. Wow, that's awesome. That's still, a, that's a cool, unique fact. Yeah, I still yeah. I still hold that record. Really, unbroken, points. unbroken, unbroken for the last thirty years, huh? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so that was a, that was a pretty cool feat. Um, yeah, that was my that's my best statistical season. All right, so you you get your agent and yeah. graduate college. Graduate college. You got a degree, right? I got one. Wow, congratulations! Economics, economics, econ econ major, econ, eh? econ major. Yeah, interesting. Sweet. Well, if you I know, know Devo that. at all, it is super interesting. <laughs> can you talk to me know. about the current inverted yield curve and how that's going to affect 2020? I could draw you a picture. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Danny Chick. It might have a yeah, dog on a it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Tom. <laughs> I take on an interest in the inverted yield curve. Yeah. You want to share with uh, the agents of uh, our team what the inverted yield curve actually means? Sure. Um, basically it means that when you look at interest rates and let's just say you're looking at the, the treasuries, the U S treasuries, um, an inverted yield curve is when they will actually pay you less at the longer end of the curve. So for example, say a, uh, you could imagine you're going to the bank, um, and you want to get a CD and it's a 10 year CD. They'll give you say two and a half percent. Well, you could get a three-month CD, and they'll pay you three percent, right? Why? So, what what would you do? You would always do the the shorter term with the more interest, right? Sure. So, it's basically because you know investors believe that you know inflation is going to be going to be higher, so they they want to shorten the term that they lend their money out. So that's not typically the case, right? The tenure usually outperforms the three year. Correct. The in, three in theory, right? Yes. Yes. Usually, the shorter the term, the less interest, right? Because there's less risk. When it's inverted, basically, it's signaling uh, a possible recession. Right. That's interesting. So, do you think that a recession would negatively or positively affect the real estate market? Uh, I mean, most people think negatively because they think back to two thousand six, seven, and eight. Because, but if you really look at it, back then the recession started because of the real estate market. That's not typical, right? That's very untypical. Sure. Um, typically what you see is when a recession happens, 
rates come down quite a bit, interest rates. So actually the housing market tends to do better in a recession. Interesting, right? Prices don't do as well, but you you still have a lot of buyers out there because now they're at a point where they qualify for mortgages because rates have come down so much. Pretty good stuff. So pretty good stuff. Devo, what do you think of the interest rates right now? I mean, they're they're great right now. They're they, they're they're super low, and uh, it's given a lot of buyers, and especially first time buyers, urgency and the you know the ability to to purchase homes and become homeowners, live the American dream, for sure. So, let me ask you: So, how long have you been with Real Team? Three years. Three years, and so so how did you how did you get your business started? Like, what what how did you? Can we back up? Because he didn't finish his initial story of just how he became got into real estate and oh, yeah. chose real team. Kind of jumped the gun, eh? Yeah, jumped the gun a little <laughs> bit. It's all right. you, man. All right. Um, out of college. Yeah, out of college. Went over to Austin, Texas in the American Hockey League. Started my career there. Uh, I had a two-year entry-level contract. Hold on. Slow down, though. All right. So professional. Now you made you're, – you're in professional hockey now, right? Yes. So – I'm I'm guessing that a guy that's played hockey his whole life, like you get a professional contract and it's you're like you're at the pinnacle. Like you made it. Did you feel that way? I did feel that way. It was What was the reality? It was short lived. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because when you get to you know the level where in college I was I was a very good college hockey player. Um, you know, the next step is not just a step, it's a leap. You know, going from college hockey to NHL camp. And you know, being on the on the sheet with guys like Mike Madano, um, Mike Ribeiro, uh, the, the level of talent and the strength and size and speed of the game is 10x in, in comparison to college hockey. So uh, you know, it's you have to skate faster, shoot harder, hit harder. Everything's has to be on, and there's no off. There's no messing around. Uh, you know, practice was so stressful. You had to be so focused because if you're missing a pass, you're not hitting someone on the tape, like. That could be it. Like it's you. Did, people just don't miss. So it's uh, it was uh, definitely eye opening. Um, and I was fortunate enough to have a, a great, great team that with a ton of veterans. So I got to learn a lot from those guys. Um, didn't get to play that much, but uh, I got to learn a lot and 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 watch a team you know go all the way to the championship and end up losing. But uh, we got to the Calder Cup and we made a run at it. So it was it was a good experience to be a part of that. Wow. It's just funny, you know. You, you you think you you hit the pinnacle, and then you're like, "Oh, I'm here." It's not you couldn't rest, right? It yeah. wasn't like you could enjoy much of it. No, it was. I had to gain twenty pounds. I had to keep that those twenty pounds on and be faster and be faster. And it was it was tough. It was uh, you know, your diet. You have nutritionists. You have you have trainers. I mean, you have some of those things in school, but it's just a different level. Um, it's very business like. And there's no fun in games, really, for the most so part. So, what was what happened? What happened in that league? What was the conclusion for you in that league? Well, I uh, I wrote it out that first year. Uh, got injured after 20 games, um, separated my shoulder, so I ended up missing about 30 games of that first year um, with a shoulder separation and dislocation and some rehab and things like that. So, you know, when I came off my injury, they sent me down to the Double A league in, in Idaho. Played a few games down there, did pretty well, and then playoff time came around and went back up. And uh, at that point, the, the roster and the team was healthy. 
So I was kind of the extra guy. Uh, we had two healthy scratches every night, and that was one of them through the playoff. Uh, got a game in. We had a guy get sick. And uh, fortunately, our, our team stayed healthy, which you don't see at the playoffs. You see guys dropping like flies. Uh, but the team stayed healthy. The only one that went down was our goalie. Uh, so the backup goalie got a shot. Um, and played he, well. And he played well. Yeah, he got us there. He got us to the ship. So, um but, you know, after that first season, um, the following season, um, it was kind of, you know, every year an NHL team gets 52 NHL contracts. And they're going to sign you know, a lot more guys. They have another draft. And it, it gets competitive again. You know, at that point, it was, you know, it was, the, the packing order was a little bit tough. Um, I thought about where I was and what I wanted to do with the sport. And I knew I wanted to go to Europe and, and, and at least see the world and, and have that experience. So I decided. How old were you then? I would have been 22. Oh, wow. 22. You're a kid, oh, When dude. I was in 22. Yeah. <laughs> You're a kid. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, so 22 I went over. Um, I started the career in Norway. Uh, did a year in Norway in Oslo, which is a, a lot of fun. Aren't the people there the best? Amazing. Amazing. Quality of life was it's just slower. It's, it's beautiful. It was cold, but it was, it was great. Dark and cold, but the people were great. Not a lot of sunshine. No, not so much. Uh, but that was my kind of my first European experience. Um, you know, from there, I went over and ended up signing in Sweden. I had a year in Sweden uh, where the mentality was a lot closer to what we see in North America with, uh, with an NHL program. Um, very serious. And in Sweden, they're only allowed two North American players. So I was one of two, and it's very high pressure. Because you know they have great hockey players there, so being an imported player, typically you're getting paid a little bit more. You know they're putting you up in a house, they're taking care of everything for you, so they expect you know peak performance out of you. Um, and it was good. I had a good season. Uh, our team didn't fare great, um, but I finished out the year there. And uh, from there, I went over to Austrian, the Austrian league. And I ended up playing in a um, Slovenia in Ljubljana, which was I never even heard of it till I got there. <laughs> And uh, it's a really cool place, a really cool part of the world. And, uh, you know, we played on a, play a season over in L- Ljubljana. Um, had a good season. From there, it, it was, uh, okay, do I want to stick to the Austrian league and or do I just want to go where the money is? <laughs> and I, I chased the cash. I just had my really? agent find me the be- best deal and the, and the most amount of money. Um, and that ended up enemy in, in Italy, in, in the northern Italian Alps, where, where teams had, we had nine teams in the Alps and a few teams in Austria that played in the league there. Um, and I did have an Italian passport, so that allowed me, I had to play two years in Italy to be eligible to play on the national team, um, be able to compete in, in Olympic qualifiers and, and things of that nature. So it was, part of that had something to do with that being so Italian. Did you do that? Did I you, did do that. You played on the Italian national team? Yes, I did. Wow. Yeah. Um, that was a really cool experience. It was, you know, I definitely had to brush up on my Italian and because the Italian national team, they speak Italian and that's it. Cause you, you know, there is, there was, I think 12, 13 or 12 of us that were North American Italians, dual citizens. Um, but the coach speaks Italian. How'd you get your Italian citizenship? My mother was born in Italy. Oh, really? So she was so a dual you, citizen. So you're, you're eligible for a passport even though mm-hmm. you were born in America? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it actually can go two bloodlines down. So even if you have a grandparent that was born there, uh, you you can uh, you can apply and typically you'll get that. That's and you did it now. because of hockey. Really. I did it because of hockey. Wow. Yes. Yeah. It's awesome. So, what was your success like in over there? Italy was awesome. I I had 
two years in the team called Asiago, um, and a year in Brunico, which were two of the best. You know, they were the best teams historically. They they're super successful teams. They pretty much win every year. Um, so I first year we went to the championship, lost in game seven. Oh. Second year went to the championship, played the same team, won in game seven. And uh, that must have been sweet. It was sweet. It was uh, the first guess pro championship. Do hockey guys party after they win a game seven in the championship? Just wondering. Uh, yeah, yeah, we did. I, I, <laughs> I have a, a few photos that my, my wife likes bringing up. There's one that I, I think we went about 48 hours without sleep, just kept her going. <laughs> and, uh, there's one that I'm, I'm at some disco club and I, my shirt's inside out and backwards. I got the cup on my head and it's just, uh, it's an epic picture. Cause I don't Do remember. Do you go in a disco club? <laughs> I love I'd it. love to see that. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a hot 6 a.m. too. <laughs> So sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. Then we finished off, and I I switched over to one other team at the end. There's a German town. Well, it's a, it's in Italy, but it's German influence. They speak German. They pretend they're German, and um, it, it's it was a really cool place. If you're a skier, they had a K2 ski hill, which is one of the best ski resorts in the North, uh, Italian Alps. So it was literally I lived at the foothills. Now look at that muzzy. <laughs> it's a uh, mustache and a half. <laughs> so Dave, Dave just pulled up a picture <laughs> of Devo, which I think he'll probably put it on the HHWJ Facebook page. Nice. Um, yes. It's got oh, yeah. it HHWJ. It will. It'll be up there for everyone to see, but it's the, probably the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Not good. No. You, had a, you, had a great, you had a great salad back in the day. Oh, yeah. I had some flow. The, the hair was flowing, man. Yeah. That's like a That's like a... Requirement to play hockey, right? You gotta, oh, you gotta a, have great flow. Yeah, junior hockey, especially when you're like, you know, 15, 16, 17, gotta have flow. Gotta, gotta have it. flow and a big chew in your mouth. <laughs> those, those are the two requirements. 15, 16. <laughs> yeah. Now he has half of that because he always has a big chew in his mouth. But... They're smaller now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you had a lot of fun and a lot of success in hockey. Yeah. And then you decided to do real estate? Yeah, which is, yeah. The, the why behind that, I don't have a really good answer. What I can tell you is I had uh, my college assistant college hockey coach at St. Lawrence. Uh, I was pretty close with him. He was a great mentor to me, Bob Pryor. And um, when he left St. Lawrence, he, he, he coached a few more years in Princeton, I think. But then from there, he, he moved to Florida, to West Palm. And he started in real estate and became a broker, opened a small brokerage. Um, he was recruiting me to come down to Florida, live with them, and become a real estate agent. And I never thought about it. You know, at that point, I'm like, okay, well, I'll start taking these online classes and we'll figure it out. I did that. I got through my Florida online classes, went down to Florida, went and met Bob, took my exam, got my license over there. You had a Florida license. I did. That's brutal. That's a brutal task. <laughs> What's that? It's 90, way it's harder 90, than 90 us. hours, right? A lot of yeah. HOA. A lot yeah. of HOA. Yeah. Never knew that about you. So I started there. We get there and you know, I have my wife with me. And we're talking about it, and she just gives no, puts a kibosh on. It's not going to happen. Not living down here. Um, and okay, it is what it is. So, so at that point, I I, <laughs> I, got, I I still had a lot of interest and passion for it. I, I learned a lot. I thought, and uh, I thought maybe it was something I could be good at. And I liked the idea of um, you know eventually being able to invest in real estate. So I took the Michigan course, and then from there, I just went broker shopping. I'll be honest. I went and talked to fifteen-ish brokerages in, in the area. It's aggressive. Uh, Very diligent. I went, I went to you know, huh. three Keller Williams. I went to 
Jeff Glover. I went to Berkshire. I went to them all. I just got their information packets, and, and it was what it was. And and then it wasn't until the very end of my search, and I was kind of narrowing it down. Um, uh, one of my old hockey friends, Todd Orlando, said, "Hey, I have a friend." named Danny Schick that has a team called Real Team. It's in Shelby. And at the time, I was living at 22 in Shaner, which is one mile from the office. And uh, so I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll go check it out. And I uh, set up the interview, and I ended up interviewing with Miss Jamie here and uh, Ken Hirschman. And uh, I don't think they wanted to hire me because I don't interview well, typically. Whoa, oh, yeah, whoa, they, whoa, whoa, they, whoa. Hold on. No, no, they, he definitely didn't want to hire you. <laughs> Ken did not want to hire you. I can tell you that for sure. And that might have been the hardest negotiation I ever drove home. I was like, this guy's going to be fucking fine. He's fine. He was an athlete. He's not. You're not good at interviewing. No. No. Never have been. It was rough. Never but, had any experience with it. That was, that was the first. Yeah. How many times have you really interviewed up to that point? Right. Usually right, it's on right? the ice. You just you know, yeah. score a goal. It's your interview. Score yeah. a goal. You're in. Yeah. I saw your heart. I knew you were going to make it. Yeah. So then I you know, kind of was sold. I, I love the idea of having a, a team atmosphere again. And, uh, you know, kind of, it's all I knew. So the support and the, and the team work that I witnessed was something I wanted to be a part of. Um, day one, I, I came into the office and the bold 100 was going on. And someone goes, Hey, do you want to do this? And I'm like, sure. What's this? Didn't know what I signed up for, but that was, you know, j- you know sink or swim. At you that did it point. though, right? I did it. Hey, Devo, talk to a hundred people today. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's what I did on day one. And, uh, you know, from there, there was a lot of you know influential people. For people that have never done that, you don't understand how hard. It doesn't sound hard when you just say it. You say a bold one hundred, and it's like, oh, okay, it's whatever. hard. It's hard. It's a hundred contacts. You talk to a hundred humans in a day. That's a lot. And it's not like you can't count like someone saying, "I'm not interested in hanging up on you." Correct. As a contact, like you have to have conversations with a hundred people. That's right. a lot of fucking. It's not a hundred dials. No, a hundred voicemails. No. It's it was like combos with nine thirty till six thirty seven. So mm-hmm. when I, yeah. I think I was the last one finished. I know I was the last one. It's finished. a full day. <laughs> it's a full day. Yeah. It's tough. What were your results? Uh, I actually put ten leads into the system that day. That was the Great. goal. So I was like, "Oh, you should get ten, you know, ten leads." And I did all I could do at that time was was cold call. So I didn't have any scripts, anything else. I mean, I had, had a, a script in front of me that I tried, but I was terrible on the phone. What were you were you calling just the streets? Calling the streets. Oh yeah, yeah. he called the streets all day long. <laughs> all day long. Sitting in the back corner some of people, HQ. That's it was, what's weird. It's like some people love to call the street. I feel like when you can measure someone's confidence and talking to people on the phone based on the lead type that they're calling, right? Like if they just want a lot of surface conversations and just kind of grind through it, not a lot of confidence, they're calling like the streets, right? Did you find that in new people at all? Yeah. Like they, you can gauge their confidence almost based on what leads they're calling. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's like you call through sync with people that have raised their hand and they want to talk about real estate they stay away from those. They're a little scared of them. It's it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. They want to they want to stay in their comfort zone. Yep. Our job is to get them out of their comfort zone, which is crazy because the comfort zone is literally way more of a grind. Yeah. Like calling sinks way easier yeah. than calling the streets. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of that, Devo. So I had my first coaching with two of your guys today. Oh. Uh, JJ and Cam. Nice. And I got them both to commit to an hour of calling fizzballs a day. Wow. Um, this book's rec- been hot. Recording yeah. all of their phone calls and Ooh. not dialing in the back room anymore nice. so we can give them feedback. Beautiful. Thank so you. I'm excited about it. I think Me it's going to be good because 
they're both going to be great. I agree. I agree. So I hope you're listening. Don't let me down. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so back to the question I was asking you before. I absolutely forgot that you didn't answer the first question I asked you. Uh, right. Yeah. So um, it was good actually. <laughs> how did you so? Part you, I feel like you asked answers part of that the question I'm about to ask. How did you get your business built, and what advice would you offer um, an agent starting out? Like how how can they get their business going? It's a good question. Um, discipline is one of them. One 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 of the main things. I I made it um, basically the same schedule that I had when I played. Like I had a routine. I'm person of routine so i woke up at the same time i did my workout i went in and i and i i stuck to prospecting with with specific outcomes um and not just that i mean you probably remember this better than i do but i was over your shoulder um over danny's shoulder tom's shoulder as much as possible trying to figure out what you guys are doing because i'd look up and you guys were our leaders uh clearly our leaders by production and and you guys were making the most money and selling the most houses. So what are they doing? So I asked you guys a lot of questions and and uh, kind of leaned on you for for support. And I put the hours and I talked to a lot of people and, and, and failed a lot. It's that simple, right? Like you just have to talk to more people. You you talk to more people. That's going to improve your chances of finding somebody no, no who question. needs to buy or sell real estate. Like it's that simple. No There's question. nothing complex about that at all. But. It's people being, you know, they're they're afraid to have that conversation because they're they don't have the experience, right? It's not necessarily that um, they won't be successful at it, but they just it's super uncomfortable. So it's it's challenging. It I mean, that, that equation is always true in sales. It's skill times effort, right? So come in, you have high effort but low skill. You're still going to get some results, but now you look at your career and it's like pretty much top of the board for a long time. You were mm-hmm. and probably are right now. I don't know. I haven't seen it in a while. But um, now your skill's there. But your efforts always stayed the same, right? Because your your system's kind of the same. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't changed. I mean, it, it's my focuses have switched because, you know, being a store leader, there's only X amount of hours in a day. And a lot of the focus is, is trying to ensure that you can spend the time with the, the players on your team to, you know, instill the right values and the right you know daily routines and time blocks to build their business and allow them to to grow and and find success so and, what's your what's your day look like now when when's when do you uh when you roll out of bed what time is it then and then take me through like typical you know, day noon. okay Four forty, the alarm goes off it's not next to me so i can't hit snooze because i will so i uh, have my uh, my phone across the room Get out of bed, turn that thing off. Uh, I get to the gym by five, and I uh, work out for about fifty minutes. Um, home at six, clean up, quick breakfast, and um, I'm at the office by seven. What do you make for breakfast? Two eggs and a smoothie every day. Mm, it's obnoxious. I have. A, I also have a double shot of espresso. The same exact thing every day. <laughs> Over easy. Every day. Over easy. You don't get bored. Uh, yeah, I switch it up, either scramble or over easy. Okay. So depending on the day. Sometimes salt, sometimes pepper. See yeah. how it feels. It's yeah. fine. Nice. But the same thing. What's every that day. shake all about? The shakes, th- those, are, my wife makes those. So those are, those can be uh, a little interesting. Is she up at that time? She will go to the gym with me probably twice a week. The other three days she wakes up when I come in the door. Okay. So she'll wake up, she'll start her day and, and, and make breakfast and, 
and go from there. To be clear, his wife is a saint and will wake, <laughs> if she's not up, she'll wake up at 6 a.m. to make him a shake because she knows that he's going to want it. Correct. Well, right. Yeah. yeah, she loves him. Yeah, she she is a saint. Great. She's great. Um, 7 a.m. is our first call, my first phone call. Um, there's a few of us on that call. We do role play and different topics. You know, right now we're working on our prequel scripts. So 7 a.m., we kind of rotate who's who's on the phone for that. 7.15 is my second call. So the seven, is that the ISA call? No. No, no this, that's... Is, this is just a call on the 248 Uber line. Uh, okay. Danny Schick, myself. It starts at seven? Seven. Hmm. So people just stay on until the 7.15? Different line. Oh, different line. Different okay. line, yep. Okay. Yep, because we have you know Evan DeSantis, um, Justin Johnson's typically on it. Um, and a few other people jump on from here, here and there. Chase Breeze is on there quite a bit. Um, so it's all our like super committed guys that are hitting the phones hard and seeing success, they're on that call to listen to the leaders build skill. Got it. Now we have our leadership call, 7.15. After leadership call, 7.30, my, I take about 30 minutes to set up my huddle, um, do my stats, update my board. Uh, so by 8 o'clock, I can have all that knocked out. Um, What's on your board? On my board right now, I have sync notes for the month, the running track number for the month. I have yesterday's sync notes. So we want to measure yesterday. It's a 50-note requirement to be eligible to be in our pond and collect Ooh. P1 leads. Okay. Um, so it's uh, – So I was at Devo's store today, and he turned off almost all – every <laughs> single person in his store's leads because they didn't hit their notes yesterday. It was amazing. That. I'm, like, getting ready to start my huddle, and I'm, like, super excited. And then There was two all people of, on. And all of a sudden, he was like – all right, turning off everyone's leads. And I was like, all right, man. I'm trying to get the energy up. We just sucked the air out of the room. Huh? I know. Okay, so you told us how you built your business. So one piece of advice to give a new agent starting out in the business. One piece of advice is keep your head down. Don't get discouraged. You're not going to be good at this in the beginning, I promise. Um, don't be afraid to fail. And uh, what you put in is 100% what you get out. Don't look at the dollars. Look at the people that you're working with, and the dollars will come. Money and numbers don't lead. They follow. That's right. I think my first deal, I made a hot 200 bucks on. It was a 40K leverage lead from Adam Blake. So, <laughs> <laughs> it was thanks, a, Blake. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> but it felt good, though, right? It felt like amazing. That, that first it closing, it didn't matter. It could have been $5. I, they could, I, could have, I would have paid to have that first closing. It was right. awesome. Right. I didn't know what to do. I was so nervous. I walked in and I didn't do anything. I'm like, this is this is great. You just come to these things and collect money and people are happy and they get keys. This is okay. awesome. <laughs> um, all right. So how long were you with us before you took a leadership role? Uh, Ish. We talked about it after about seven, eight months. And I think that it kind of came to fruition within the first year. It was not even a full year. Okay. Why... Do you think they chose you? Good question. I think that I was told I was an obvious choice because of work ethic and and, and commitment and, and being able to influence people around me positive, positively. Um, so I think that's the, the answer, but I, I don't know if I'm the right person to answer that question. Tom? I mean, that's it. Yeah. And you, <laughs> I was going to say it's because you're the obvious choice. You made yourself the obvious choice, just like Dave made himself the obvious choice. When, when you're looking at, you know, what at that time, maybe 45 to 50 agents, Ish. 
and all of a sudden we buy, you know, three or four stores. It's like, okay, well, who's the obvious choice to fill these spots? And you guys rose to the top. I mean, it's, it's, it's simple. It's really easy. You know, it's not a hard choice. Right. It wasn't like we toiled over it. Like, hmm, who should we choose? It's like, right. oh, it like, there, okay, they, there they of are. Of course, that's the person. Yeah. Right? Cool. So you're a CSL. Yes. What's the hardest part of your job? Ooh, the hardest part of my job. Um, I would say sometimes getting overly emotional and wanting it for individuals more than they do. Uh, that's probably the hardest part. You know, I know that, you know, there's, there's been some great retention. We have some great core players on in, in every store. Uh, but losing somebody is, is the hardest part that you, you put so much time and effort into and you believed in and you knew that that was so close. And, uh, I mean, I know Jamie knows that I've gotten emotional a few times over a, a few of, a few of my agents that, that moved on. For sure. Yeah. It's never easy, right? Right. You work so hard to, to, to get them on board, right? Show them the vision, get them going, get them a couple wins, get them some momentum. And then, you know, for whatever reason they decide to leave, but yeah, it's definitely, definitely a challenge. But to be clear, it's not, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like the hard part isn't like it's hard for you. Well, I mean, it's hard for you, but like it's not hard because you're losing them on your team or you're losing their production or anything like that, correct? No, that's not the hard part. It's the emotional What's part. What's the hard part? Losing emo- a friend. Yeah. <laughs> it's lo- losing, yeah, someone that you are close with, a friend, and you know that. You, you know, when you part ways, hey, we're gonna stay in touch. It's gonna be great, but it never happens that way. You might talk once every sixty days, briefly. The relationship will never be the same. Well, and as a leader, I think you you put that all on yourself, right? Because we're talking about a career, and we bring these people in, and we give them everything we have, right? And then when they leave you, it's because they, I mean, honestly. They thought that they could get farther ahead faster with someone else. Right. Right? It's like they cut you, right? You ever been cut from a team? Probably not. Uh, no, I have. Hell yeah. Right. Yeah. So doesn't it feel probably kind of the same? Yeah, like it, it's it like you got cut yeah. as the leader. Like you're, these people cut you because they thought they could, they, they had a better person somewhere else. Yeah. I'll never forget it's the hard. first time I got cut. That was painful. It was tough. And whether it's in real estate or they're going to do something else, it doesn't make right. it any easier. No. No. Not at all. So do you cha- – I mean, does that – do you just kind of deal with that like emotionally and then get over it or do you actually like change something or like like how do you, how do you deal – how did how have you dealt with it? Alcohol. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it, it, it probably hangs over me for at least a, a day, um, maybe a little bit longer. But uh, I try to have a short memory. And, 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 you know, tell myself it's not me that pushed them out the door. It's, it's them that, you know, for one reason or another, whatever factor there is going on in their life, it, it doesn't make sense anymore. Um, and you get better, you know, as you get more weathered and you have more experience with, with dealing with situations like that. Um, it never gets easier. Right. But it gets, I guess your process of, of, of moving on gets, gets. Let me better. ask you this. Can I? Would you take any of them back? If if I'm not no names or anything, yeah. but if one of them were to like, hey, 
Debo, it's it wasn't it wasn't as cool as I thought it was going to be over there. You know, I'm sorry. Can I come back? Would you open arms, bring him back in, or or not? Open arms? No. Would I would I bring him back in? Potentially, yeah. Okay. It would be it would be on a short leash, and it would be okay if we're going to do this again. This is what the expectation is, and it's not going to be the same as you know everyone around him. It's going to be a lot harder. Um, because if they're going to take more time and, and, you know, out of the time I could spend either, you know, with other agents or, or on my own business or with my family, um, they're going to have to be going 110%. And if they're not, it's going to be a really short-lived situation. Cool. That's fair. That's fair. Can uh, I answer the original question that you asked, Debo? Sure. From my perspective? So you asked him if he changed anything mm-hmm. or if anything happens when people left. And I don't think that he knows that he did at all. Um, but I would have to say, as a store leader, the last six months-ish have probably been the roughest, right? We hit a lot of hurdles. We've hired a lot of really great guys, but we also lost a lot of really great guys that we cared about. For sure. So Devo doesn't know this, but... Well, let me start with, he's always been a great leader and he's always cared about his people, but he's showed that more in the last three months than he's ever showed that since he opened the store. So the machine is becoming human. <laughs> Correct. So he's- I get that. He's still the most disciplined and he's still a machine. It's still very annoying to see how disciplined he is all the time. However, he, like his like emotional care factor that I see like when he's talking to his people and when he's talking to me about his people- is a complete 180. So you don't know that it's changed. And not that I would ever say that losing those people was a good thing because obviously we miss them and we would love them back on the team. However, it's made you a better leader. It really has. And I can see it day in and day out and your people feel it. Cool. Well, thank you. I did not know that. It's good feedback. All right. So um, anybody ready for the fire round? Fire. Fire round, Devo. Fire round. This some, is a fun round. We're gonna ask you. Uh, we're gonna ask you some hammer questions. You got a rapid fire answer. Rapid fire. I'm oh, not yeah. good at that. You nope. can't think about it. Can't think about. I it. I don't think ever. So yeah, that's okay. true. Okay. All right. So, what's your favorite book? Business book. Oh man. Five. <laughs> Four. Chopwood carry water. There you go. Okay. Best city you've been to across the world. Prague. Prague. Why? Why? Inexpensive, beautiful, and people are really, really cool. Cool. And I had a lot of fun there. Who's got better hair in the NHL all time, Fedorov or Jeremy Roenick? Yager. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh. He had bangs. Bingo. Oh, he had a hammer haircut. But Fedorov. Fedorov. <laughs> the two. I have the next one. Rank these in order. Coachability, desire, or discipline? Rank them in order. What's the order? The number one, number two, number three. Most important, most important to least important. Most important to least important. Give me the three again. Coachability, desire, discipline. Discipline, coachability, desire. Okay. Wow. Yeah. All right. The dirtiest thing you've done to somebody in hockey Ooh. and <laughs> the dirtiest thing you've done to get a listing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! In hockey, I I I, I suffered a seven game suspension and a ten thousand dollar fine for this. <laughs> uh, 
This is great. I'm excited. A guy, a guy broke my hand, and I ended up trying to play through it. He knew it was broken, so he whacked me again, and I let him know if he did that again, I'm going to knock his teeth out. And, uh, <laughs> oh, God. The next shift, he came by after the whistle, slapped me on the hand with a stick, started laughing. So I cross-checked his teeth out. Wow. <laughs> the chicklets? How many did you lose? Uh, a couple. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure, but when they were kind of escorting me to the box, the ref's like, you're out of here. I dodged the ref and went back after him and started just beating the wheels off him after that. Too. Pounded him. Yeah. <laughs> the funniest part of hearing these stories about Devo is he's like the most like soft-spoken, nicest guy in the entire world. That's so, why like, you and- don't get in fights anymore as an adult man because you don't know who the other person is. Right. Like like you would never expect that, but Devo's a fucking psycho. He would fucking hey. kill Devo somebody. will wear a pink shirt and maybe pop the collar now and then and you'd be like, <laughs> I might get a run at that guy and then you would be in trouble. You would be in trouble. <laughs> this is a little bad. Value add for the listeners out there. Go to YouTube and just type in Kevin DiVirgilio and you can watch a couple fights. Really? That's good stuff. Really? Oh, it's on YouTube? I haven't seen these yet. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. There's a couple on there. For, for a listing, the Did you like thing, to fight? Hold on. Did you like to fight? I did. Yeah? Yeah, I was, uh, you know, if you look at my st- statistically, I was typically the head of the team in, in, in points, goals, assists, and right up there in penalty minutes, too. <laughs> you, you, played, you played Chippy. Sure did. Yeah, Chippy. You had to play yeah, Chip on the shoulder. Love so it. this is um, this is Tom's question. So there are six personality types, right? Remember that. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us what your number one and number two are? Uh, sure. I, I will tell you what they are, so you can choose. He already you, knows. Unless you know, you know. I know. I'm a, I'm a high D and a high S. Okay. Right. Okay. So yeah, you are. However. That's yes, not one has, of the, yes, you absolutely <laughs> yeah, are. Yeah, 100% <laughs> you are. However, that's not the six personality types. Oh. So we have certainty, uncertainty. Do you remember this? Yes, I do. Okay. Significance, no, connection, growth, and contribution. Which two do you believe are the most important? For Don't you? answer the question. I'm going to take a guess in my mind, and then I'm going to see if I'm right. Okay. I'll guess in my mind, too. I already know in my mind. I know Devo too well. All right, go. Growth and uncertainty. Bam. Boom. There it is. I like it. Yep. I was going to say certainty. Nah. Certainty for this guy? Well, just because like, I, I, I understand his passion for discipline. And to me, discipline is certainty. I, I think know. he's so disciplined because he loves uncertainty. So he has to be disciplined or else he's fucking is going to... Yes. Drive off the railroad. That's like the, oh, like the yin and the yang, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. he <laughs> loves the uncertainty, so he has to be disciplined. Right. Yeah. yeah. He'd yeah, be really bored that. if he had yeah, certainty. Yeah, that makes sense to me. It makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. All right. The last and most important topic Ooh, of the day. I like this one. All right. So everyone in the company knows this about Devo. You got a vocabulary like, <laughs> like I've never seen, and everybody loves it. Yeah. So we're going to run a, a word by you, and you're going to tell us what it means. Got it. All right. Jamie, go. Tarp. It's a shirt. Use it in a sentence. Tom is wearing a nice looking black nautica tarp tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Wheels. <laughs> Skates, fast. I mean, uh, shoes. It can be a lot of different meanings. Typically, when I use it right now, I'm talking about so many shoes. Okay, give me, right, give so me an example. Got really so I have a new pair. Pa- yeah, I have a new pair of fucking Nikes on. They're, They're like, hot. great. What do you What are you gonna tell me? Those are some those Those are some hot wheels. <laughs> <laughs> or some fast wheels. Those, wheel, I don't really know that those wheels look fast. Those <laughs> wheels do look fast. Chandler's wheels typically look fast. Chandler does have fast wheels. Yeah, I agree. Nice tassels on them. Oh yeah, yeah. That's great. Hat rack. 
<laughs> hat rack is uh, a head. Someone's <laughs> someone's head, and you know, typically I use that in a sentence. You know, it's not just a hat rack. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Which is probably my favorite statement of Bebo's. Yeah. Step into it. So yeah, we're going to, so, so, yeah, but hold somebody. on, but hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to parlay this step with another Devoism. So you have to keep it between the buoys. <laughs> oh, I'll try. <laughs> All right. Step into someone. So if you're stepping into somebody, there's, I mean, you could use this in so many different ways. Uh, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> tell me more. So, so, I mean, let's, you know, for example, if, if, uh, you know, Dave was, you know, in a conversation with, with a, on a listing appointment and, and, you know, Dave's personality style and what he does on appointments, he, he's a driver and he goes right after it. So I would say, you know, Dave stepped into that client and told him what's up and he got that listing side. Got okay, it. So somebody, so none, okay. So <laughs> yesterday, none of your agents hit their sync notes. Yeah. So did you step into them this morning? Sure did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I sure did. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to. So you stepped into the guy with no teeth. Yep. I, I did step in. You stepped into him for sure. <laughs> yeah. So stepping so, into someone is just being aggressive in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, aggressive like, engagement. It's it's yeah. aggressive engagement. It's it's just you know you know there's not a whole lot of thought before you step into someone. You just step into them. Like once a month, Debo like, calls me and he doesn't even say hello. He'll just call me after his huddle and be like, "I just stepped into him." I'm like, "All right, man, what did you do? What happened?" So we had this really funny memory. Devo brings it up to me every now and then. But when he first started, he's like, "Hey, Dave." He's like, "I really need help with uh, with this listing appointment later today." And I'm like, "Well, what do you need?" He's like, "I need somebody to go. I want to shadow someone to to see how you know how they how they do it." So Devo, I'll let you take it from here, but. I'll never forget that listening appointment. It was on Shaner. Yeah, Mrs. Bashimi. Yeah. Linda, I still talk to Linda. I'm still talking to Linda. Three years later. Three years later. Still nurturing. Still nurturing her. She had a, she had a Fizbo sign up the other day. Not online, but we're we're getting closer. <laughs> we're getting closer. Uh, you know that that was a great appointment. We go in there, and you know Dave shows up, and you know Dave's Dave's my mentor, and, and I'm looking up to him, and we go in there, and Dave is. Steps in the list, Mrs. Bushimi. <laughs> he literally, she, he just steps. He's like, "Here's the numbers. Here's what it is." She had this number in mind. She wanted, you know, a strong, you know, astronomic price for her home. And he's like, "Here's what it is. Here's the stats. Here's where you need to be priced." So you list the house with me today. <laughs> and I was like, "What is going on?" I'm like, "I didn't know what to do." I'm like, "I just try to make him my best friend." And <laughs> Dave's like, "No, no, no. This is how we're gonna do it. We're gonna step this into is, her. We're gonna, you know, this is our marketing plan." This is how I'm going to sell your home, and this is the money you're going to get after. So what are you going to do here? So what are we doing? <laughs> so you can – Then a hard close. Yeah. So like you can do that, and it's not always going to work, but it's going to work a pretty good amount of the time. Yeah, it's working for you, man. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, like sometimes – It'll I, work better than not closing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I didn't close on my listing appointment today because I knew that based on the guy's personality type that he'd call me. So I, I so it's like and you guys are watch basketball. So who was the master of pulling the chair? Devo doesn't watch basketball. He calls it handball. He's <laughs> yeah, not he interested. He handball. James Harden. Right. So <laughs> he'd he'd pull the chair out on the back and up in the box and then you just pull the chair and they fall and then you get the ball turnover, right? So like I call it in my head pulling the chair. So like I'll go I went in today, I sat down, talked with him and I could tell he really liked what I had to say and he really liked the number and there's no need for me to push him because i know he's going to make his decision and call me you know what i mean so, so like a lot of times i'll i won't hard close i know when to do it but a lot of times i don't yeah. do you ever do that yeah no it's it's a mirror match you know you gotta you gotta know the client that's across from you and um yeah i've had a similar situation like that as well you know i had a, one of my 
maybe the biggest listing I had uh, in Shelby. It was like a five something, five twenty. Um, very soft spoken, you know, individual and family. Um, I think we ended up doing a prayer at the house, but uh, yeah, it was it was intense. But they weren't a hard close. They had interviews. They were going to do them. I knew that, and uh, I knew they'd call me. And sure, sure as sure as shit, they called me, and we listed that baby and sold it in the day. You guys got us sold pretty quick. I remember that one. Yeah. It was like what twenty two in Shaner. Twenty two in Shaner. Yeah, yeah. Golden, was I on that? You sure Golden were. Lake. Golden Park. Golden Park. Oh, Lori Golden Park, and, Chris. Five Lori fi- and Chris. Five fifty sold in the day. Yeah. Full commission. Full commission. Bang. Yeah. So hard. I remember you got that listing. I was like, "Fuck, does this guy get this listing?" P one. P one. P one. For the competitiveness started between you, the two of you. Have yeah. you? Uh, can I ask both of you to sell something? Ha- have you noticed a difference in the lead flow right now? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Lots are, of leads. Are call. people excited? Super excited. Yeah. Are they? Yeah. Do you feel like a, a difference at all with? Yeah. Just on the floor on the sales floor. Absolutely. The people that are you know they're grinding out and picking up these leads and working them every day consistently. The Evan DeSantis, Kevin Bro, the list goes the on. Grinders. The grinders. The yeah. grinders. You know, Brojack wrote two Zillow deals yesterday and I'm both under highest and best in one day. I mean, that's just a, a huge win for, you know, the, the dollars and the and the resources that we give to our agents. It's just, we got to see that and, and everyone's got to hear about it. Right. Because uh, it was, you know, what, 270 in business, 280 in business, maybe more. I don't I even mean, know what it was. It's a big confidence boost, right? Like, yeah. you get, like, you get a win. You guys, you get a win and, there's no better feeling, right? Like, there's no better thing we can give somebody new in real estate is a win. That that's the number. Like, it's not a pat on the back. It's not advice. It's not it's nothing more than a win. Yeah, yep. that's exactly it for sure. Mm. Well, that was great. Thanks for coming, man. Well, thanks for having me. It's a blast. Yeah. Did you have fun? Was it better than you expected? It was. It was yeah. easier, right? Devo, it was easy. Yeah. What do you mean? Devo, this morning, he's like, so what's the topic? I was like, fuck you. Don't ask me that question. You find <laughs> out. He's like, I'm just supposed to wing it. And I was like, believe me, we got questions for you, bub. We're totally fine. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. Right across the street from my house, this place. So right? It was Love beautiful. That. Yeah. It's great. Awesome. Thanks, Devo. Thanks for hanging out Who with us. Who do we got us. next week or it next time? It was a lot of fun hanging out with you. This is me procrastinating so I can look to see. Who Jamie our doesn't next know. One just, say, just say, I don't <laughs> know. Jamie know. <clears throat> no, I'm glad you guys asked because next week we have Evan DeCantis, which is Devo's, in my opinion, right now, biggest up and comer. I'm sorry, the rest of OP, but I truly believe that. Wow. Quite an endorsement. Yeah. Evan's doing great. So I'm excited momentum. about Evan. Sometimes I want to kick him in the mouth like I did this morning. He wouldn't stop rapping. Yeah. I can't um, wait because I don't know any of his backstory. Oh, uh, he is just a handful. He's he great. loves to hear his own voice, Ooh, but he's great he's with clients. Well, so hold on. So while we're on this topic, real quick, oh boy, we still got here a we go. We still got I a couple like minutes. It. So, so Evan, right? So like, <laughs> Evan was struggling just a short time ago, wasn't he? He was. Like, wasn't he having some mental? Like, he was like, like he was. He told me he was all guess- set. He was second guessing. Yeah, himself yeah, 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 yeah exactly. In the process and. And everything in between. Um, and Evans is somebody that is very disciplined as well. I mean, he's, he's at the gym with me every morning. He gets in the office the same time I do. He role plays with me every single day. Um, and he's 21 or 22 maybe now. I think he just turned 22. He just turned 22. He's 22 years old. Um, he's got $1.6 million in this pipeline, I believe, right now. That's going to be closing. Um, believe in the process. And, and stick with it is, you know, the biggest message I had for him. Um, and just, you know, everything I can to keep pushing him. I'm like, it's going to happen. And, and the pipeline's still full. Like he's not 
done eating. Um, he's very frugal. He won't buy himself a new phone. Can, Dave, can you, if he's listening, gonna, can, gonna, you, can you please tell him he needs to invest in a new phone? It took me three months to get him a laptop. Listen, know. he was Matt. Guy's going to make 20 grand in the next five listen, weeks. Listen, Devo <laughs> told me to get him a new phone, and Evan said, they want to charge me $30 a month. Fuck that. <laughs> he's like, over two years. Do you know what that is? I'm like, I don't want to figure it out. Who cares? You need it. <laughs> here's, here's what you need to do. You need to say 1.6 million <laughs> times 0.03 times 0.5. Like That's going cool, in your bank account in the next yeah. like five weeks. Yeah. The, the cool nice- part about, about Evan is naturally, I think as humans, we love instant gratification, but especially like the people in his age range, right? Mm-hmm. The millennials or whatever you fucking call them. They need You're instant- a millennial. Yeah. You're talking about showing peeps. I don't know. What is it? What, how, what's a millennial? You. <laughs> Can you give me like a date range? Born like 86 plus. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. I'm a millennial. Um, a okay. Younger. So younger millennials, like 21, 22, 23. I think it's 90s. Yeah. So we see it all the time, but like instant gratification is huge, right? Like yeah. they're working so fucking hard and they're like, I'm not making any fucking money. Why am I doing this? This is stupid. I can go do this. And like the cool thing about Evan is, yeah, there was a point where he, Got kind of down on himself, Mm -hmm. but it took a few just like conversations with Devo and Devo had so much influence over Evan that Evan was like, all right, fuck it. I'll do it. And he spends $10 a week to make it right now. And and the best thing about Evan DeSantis is his big why has been the same since day one. And it's to have the ability to travel to Greece and Italy. Um, And he's doing that. That's great. Good for him. He's like it, it's, in yeah. it's in the books. It's in the books. He's he's in the process of planning and I'm Isn't helping him out. Isn't that the best part of being a leader? Is like when somebody sits down with you at coaching and they tell you what their goals are, and then yeah. you know, fast forward and they hit them. I'm excited for the like so cool. building the next goal for him. It's like we Which we've been focused on this for over a year, and now you're doing it. You're going to be in Italy. You're going to be in Greece. You know, you're going to live that dream. So what are you going to uh, do now? What are you going to do next? That's going to that's going to motivate him so much. For sure. That it's going to take him to the next level. It's going to be pretty cool to see. So we'll see Evan next uh, next show. What in two weeks? Uh yeah, two weeks. So today. thanks for listening, Devo. Thanks again for coming on, Tommy. Thanks, Devo. Thanks, Jamie. All. Yeah, thanks, Jamie. See you guys Tom, next time. Dave. Thank you. Love you guys. Bye.